Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, discussing our love of Sesame Street this morning and Columbo, which uh, I don't don't even ask how we got there, but we did. And it'd be <laughs> it'd be it'd be nice one time to record our conversations before we actually talk about what we're supposed to talk about, and that is sports. Today uh, we're getting closer and closer. Uh, free agent market opens up in about a month, which is timed right before the draft, so teams can kind of start to stack their cards, if you will, kind of their focus. Um, you think the Chiefs are going to be pretty busy? I think the opening day, if I'm not mistaken, is March 18th. It's somewhere in that vicinity. I believe that's it. Uh, yes, I absolutely do think they'll be very busy. They need defensive linemen, and they need pass rushers. I didn't realize this stat until I was checking it the other day. The Chiefs, in pass ru- in sacks, were 29th of the 32 NFL teams. 29th. That isn't very good. And case in point is their game against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals that they lost. All these other teams were sacking him numerous times. The Super Bowl seven times. The game with the Tennessee Titans nine. Chiefs got him once. Now it's not, not going to work. Nope. So you, they have some decisions to make. Melvin Ingram being one of them. Tell you another one. This is going to surprise you a little bit too. Chris Jones. They need to make some decisions on him. He has not had a real good. He was good the early part of the season. He was, he was I'm, I think he may have been injured when not told anybody. But the second half of the season, he was not firing in the way he had been. Uh, Danon Hughes, who, of course, does the, does the Chiefs broadcast with Mitch Holtis, was telling us this the other day. He said, why, this, guy, this guy wasn't playing up to par. So they have decisions to make there, what was wrong, and so forth and so on. But the key is, yes, the free agent market will be opening up in just about a month, and I do perceive the Chiefs, they do have cap room with which to work. I think it's $15 million right now. Of course, you have to be careful. That's not a whole lot. But they do have room to work with, and I think you'll see them quite busy. You know, you probably don't want to hear this, but the only reason the Chiefs are even there is because of bringing Melvin Ingram in. I mean, and and isn't that crazy to think? Because Frank Clark wasn't doing anything. Chris being on the outside wasn't working. Putting him back in did help a little bit, but bringing Melvin in definitely helped. But uh, do you think think maybe more than if you start looking at the bigger picture, do you think maybe it was a coaching situation? And the scheme? At first because Chris Jones was out of position. Yeah, yeah, of course. But then they moved him back to his regular position, and yes, Melvin Ingram was a huge help indeed. But you also have to take into consideration the lifespan. I don't mean that literally, but the activity span of NFL players. Yeah. And Ingram's not a kid. No, 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 no. So that all has to be taken into consideration. Frank Clark, I think he's gone. Oh, I think Frank's gone. So it, it's definitely going to be a retooling of the D. I think we're probably going to go for it. I don't know. I, I was there. You know, you're seeing all these mock drafts already. We're we're two months away, and everyone knows who the hell they're going to pick and stuff. <laughs> but the 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 interesting thing is, I think it's going to be a little bit more defensive heavy. But who knows, man? We got really lucky with Nick. Who knows? It, it we still got a long way to go. But it's definitely going to start firing off those cylinders as we move in that direction. Uh, speaking of firing, the uh, high school basketball postseason fires off tomorrow. Who's playing and where? These are all the smaller classes, one, two, and three. There are six classes of basketball, well, six classes of sports, as far as that's concerned, in Missouri. And the classes one, two, and three begin their districts tomorrow. Now, in classes one, two, and three, the smaller classes, they also have sectional and quarterfinal playoffs. Not all of them do because of the numbers of schools in each class. 
but one, two, and three all have sectionals. Those sectional playoffs, that's the district winners, will square off on March the 1st. The quarterfinals will be March the 5th. And then the JQH Arena in Springfield will be the setting for the one, two, and three state championships coming up March 11th and 12th. So we are into the conclusion of the basketball season. The larger schools, four, five, and six, and there aren't very many in six, but four, five, and six begin next Saturday, the 26th, and they continue, same progression, but a week later. But the state championships, folks, are here, JQH Arena. It is a great opportunity to see some really outstanding basketball. Absolutely is, and you could possibly see some future uh, Missouri State Bears playing. Never know. You never know. Um, late, uh, last but not least, uh, we did have both the men and women's play last night, right, for jury? We did. There. Uh, this is an oft-quoted line from Shakespeare and from Romeo and Juliet. Romeo! Romeo! Wherefore art thou, Romeo? Well, Drury doesn't want to know where Romeo is. They were in Romeoville, Illinois, which is a Chicago suburb last night, and lost both games. Boy, for the Drury Lady Panthers, that is hugely unusual. But the Lewis team outshot Drury. Lewis is pretty good. These are the Lewis University Flyers. And the Lady Flyers came out and shot the daylights out of the basketball and beat Drury 87-79. to and this is the Drury Lady Panthers with their best player now playing. Paige Robinson, out with a broken hand. All she did was hit 29 last Oof. night for Drury. Smoking. But the Pan- Lady Panthers, then the Panthers, who have had just a star-crossed year, lead the whole game except at the end. Ah. And lose to Lewis 78-72. So, Romeo, Romeo, get that out of here, Romeo. I'll tell you something funny. Um, <laughs> recently, we went and saw the uh, the new retelling of Macbeth. It was one of the Coen yeah. brothers did it, Tragedy of Macbeth. I had never. I I think I'd seen an earlier version, but um, the most recent one that I'd seen was actually a Kurosawa movie, which he takes Macbeth, turns it into samurai, but it's translated into English. So there's none of that Shakespearean talk at all. So we, my wife and I, go to the theater, sit down, starts it up, and it's all Shakespearean speak, and we just are looking at each other like, "What do they say? What the hell does that mean?" Luckily, I know the story, so you could follow along. But God, if I was to get in the time machine and have to go back to that time period, I would know what the hell to do. Favorite story from there, and uh, it's it was told to me. I am assuming it's true. Is the family had a pet dog named Spot. And they're watching the this is back in the nineteen early nineteen sixties watching a Shakespearean uh, remake of this on television with all the New York Shakespearean actors and Lady Macbeth at one point she's washing out the blood from the killing that just happened and she can't get the the blood out of it out damn spot out I say dog got up and moved and went to (laughs) (laughs) so you know we talked about sesame street a little bit before we started our conversation today do you think the owners and the players should sit down maybe watch a couple less episodes of sesame street just so they can get their mind right and then remember what's actually important the greatest solution to this that i think i've ever heard is that you take a key and you lock them both in the same room and feed them a diet of baked beans. They'll settle it in a damn quick hurry, believe me. And cabbage. <laughs> and cabbage. Cabbage. And beans and cabbage. This is an absolute insult to the American public. An absolute insult. And if fans choose not to go to games, 
as NR. Now, I'll report on them because that's part of the, the duties of a broadcaster. You report on what happened, if, in fact, they ever play. Sure, we'll do that. But going to them? Hell no. This is, this is a snubbing of every baseball fan in America. The owners and the players got together and talked yesterday for 15 minutes. Whoa! And the one side got up and left. What in the hell is this? You have a season that is on a brink of not starting. And Major League Baseball has said if an agreement isn't reached by February 28th, which is the end of next week, the season's going to be delayed. Right now, spring training already has been. This is this is absurd. How does this affect us? Takes away something that we enjoy. Monetarily, it raises our ticket prices. And we're worried about these people? They can all go straight down to the underworld as far as I'm concerned. Man, 15 minutes. Which side got up first? Players, the owners. It's the owners who got up and left because the players' proposal didn't didn't match what they wanted. This is an owners-driven problem. They're the ones who created the lockout. They're the ones who are stalling. It's a stall game. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's designed to weaken the players' union. That's what they're doing. They've told the commissioner this. But over and above that, how does it affect us? It takes away from enjoyment of baseball, the rooting for your home team, and it's killing it. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. It'll be unfortunate. Uh, hopefully they can figure it out, but I don't really see it happening. Obviously, our, our hopes and dreams when we were talking about this three weeks ago are wrong-o. So let's talk about racing. We had uh, two big qualifying races at Daytona last night before the big one this weekend. Who won? Well, the front row was already set. That was decided the night before, and Kyle Larson and Alex Bowman were on that front row. So this is the rest of the field, the rest of the 38 drivers. The winners of the two races were Brad Keselowski and Chris Busher. Now, the field is divided in half, and you have dual 150-mile races. It's a pretty good way of qualifying, but it's also a great level of competition. And the guys who are on the pole in the front row, they're running in it. They're right there just to test out their cars and see what's going to happen. They're already on the front row. But it's been a pretty good set. The field of competitors, the 40-man roster, and it is 40 men. I don't think there are any ladies in it this year, are driving in the Daytona 500. That's the Super Bowl of NASCAR, and it is the first race. NASCAR is a little different from all the others. Their championship race, their big one, is the first one. And they don't, uh, the Daytona 500 probably going to draw in the neighborhood of 150,000, 175,000 people. It's a huge deal. The weather down in Daytona was very nice for the qualifying last night. It's a big deal. But Keslowski and Busher are the winners, and then the field has been set now, the 40-man field. 40 driver field, I should say, is set for the 500. Crazy that this all started with bootleg and moonshine. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and the first of the Daytona 500s was on a beach. I know, dude. Isn't that crazy? Just blows my mind. Now look at it. You got some of the biggest viewing stadiums in the world oh, gosh, for racing. It's crazy. Uh, last but not least, the both Men Bears team and Lady Bears both have a couple big tests this weekend. Where are they going to be at? Huge. And they're both on the road. Lady Bears play tonight. Now, Lady Bears tonight are playing in normal Illinois at the Redbird Arena against Illinois State's Lady Redbirds, who happen to be first place in the Missouri Valley Conference. Illinois State's had a great year. I maintain the Lady Bears are the better team, but we're about to find out. They play tonight head-to-head. Winner will probably end up in first place at the end of the regular season. 
The Bears are in Cedar Falls, Iowa on Sunday afternoon to play Northern Iowa, which also happens to be the number one men's team in the Missouri Valley. I maintain that the Bears are a better team. They get a chance to prove it on the road, and I wouldn't be at all surprised to see both Missouri State teams come out with wins and make a big-time challenge. Of course, the men's tournament is coming up here pretty shortly. March the 3rd is when it begins, but and, and that's probably where the NCAA tournament, uh, probably the only representative is going to come out mm-hmm. of that, the winner. But we'll wait and see. I think the Bears are playing very well. They have 20 wins on the year. They're a good team, and if their offense is going, which it has been in recent games, They'll be tough to handle. Hopefully they can take it on the road with them. Ned, you have a great weekend, sir, and I will see you on Monday. Hopefully you got some good news for me.